call me Dr. Jones, known as the Night Tripper. Got my satchel of grease in my hand. Then we tripping up and back down to buy you. I'm the last of the best. They call me the Greedy Man. What's up, everybody? Got hello, many hello, clients. hello. Everybody, sit down and shut the fuck Going up. from miles around. Hello. Welcome to the Po' Boys Podcast. I'm your host, Jody B., that motherfucker. And I'm back with a new episode. And we're running way behind tonight, and I do apologize. But it's better late than ever, right? Because if I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. Then it'll be fucking Saturday, and people will start hollering at me. Where's your shit at? What are you doing? I got it. We're good. Okay? Great. Special guest today. East Coast comedian from Philly. I believe he's in New York. He's all around that area. He's he's toured with, with some other very popular comics, and I'm just thrilled that he took the time to come by and have a chat with me. Mr. Dave Temple. I heard him recently on an episode of Bullpen Therapy with Sean Hennessy, a former guest and friend of the show. And he's just he's an amazing guy. Really great sense of humor. And I'm surprised that he's not more popular uh, right now. But hopefully, through our networking, we get a few more fans. We make a few more people know who he is and appreciate him. And I I think he's he's definitely about to have the stock shoot up. He's got a show coming, I believe, next month. Now, I don't know if he's on the show the whole time, but I I looked it up. And it's True TV uh, Laugh Mob Laugh Tracks. So I don't, I'm not sure. It might be a comic series or some shit like that. But keep an eye out for him, Mr. Dave Temple. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. So that's my guest. Uh, everything else is fine. As far as I know, Smut Bed is in full effect. I'm talking to you, Randall Fowler, you big fuck. Um, I'm scouring, looking for the raunchiest pornography for you to have to read to your sister. That's really crazy, right? Just having to force a guy to read smut to his sister. Yeah, he was engorged. She took him in her hand. Oh, disgusting. (laughs) Oh, shit. I don't normally do shout-outs, man. You know, I've had a few new shows I've checked out this week. Hashtag No Offense Show. Um, I met them through this whole molehole thing, and that's been fun. Um. I would like to comment, I believe, that the network that we are now featured on, the CCR network, is the Cave Crew Cave Crew Radio Network. I said Cave Creek, which is wrong. So I've got some new friends I'm making, and we're having a good fucking time. We finally got Blunt Mommy up and rolling again. Amanda, hello. I'm glad you're back. Fucking do you think, girl. We believe in you. But other than that, that's it. It's just been a week. It's been long, and I'm ready to get this fucking show on the road and put myself all in your ear holes. So, without further ado, let me get in there and stimulate your brain, oh motherfucker.
drive slow, homie. Drive slow, homie. You never know, homie. Might meet some hoes, homie. You need to pump your brakes and drive slow, homie. My homie Molly used to stay 79th mate. One of my best friends from back in the day. Down the street from Calumet, a school full of stones. He nicknamed me K Rock, so they'll leave me alone. Bulls jacket with his hat broke way off. And walked around the mall with his radio face off. Plus, he had a spinner from his datings in his hand. Keys in his hand. Reason again to let you know he's the man. Back when we rocked the leases, he had dreams of caprices. Drove by the teachers, even more by police. How he get the cash today? His father passed away. Left him with a little something. 16, he was stunting. I'll be sure, nigga, with the hair all wavy. Hit Lake Shore, girls go all crazy. Hit the freeway, go at least about 80. Bone so much that summer, even had him a baby. See, back, back then, then, if you had a car, you was the shot town version of baby. And I was just a virgin of baby. One of the reasons I looked up to him crazy. I used to love to play my demo tape when the system yanked. Felt like I was almost signed when the shit got cranked. We'd take a Saturday and just circle the mall. They had the Lincolns and Auroras. We was hurting them all. With the girls, a lot of flirting involved. But dog, fuck all that flirting. I'm trying to get in some draws. So put me on with these hoes, homie. He told me don't rust to get grown. Drive slow, homie. Drive slow, homie. You never know, homie, about those, homie. You need to pump your brakes and drive slow, homie. God damn it, I miss Kanye West. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Po' Boys Podcast. We have a special guest today, notorious comedian from the East Coast, somebody who I've heard on a few different shows, and I've I've really kind of taken a shine to. I, I appreciate motherfuckers who are uh, able to make their way through the struggle, People who, you know, despite all other things or whatever they think might be the thing, they persevere and they do what they want. So my guest today is Dave Temple. Uh, hello, Dave. Hey, what's going on, man? Not much. How are you today? I'm great, man. I'm actually recharged down to just listening to that song intro, which is so funny. I was just in Chicago in May and I made sure that I uh, drove that song uh, I wanted to drive down Lakeshore and listen to that song <laughs> just just for that lyric you know driving down Lakeshore hoes went crazy uh, it was 43 degrees when I was there in May so there were no hoes but, oh, you know. <laughs> shit. there's some hardcore hoes out in the snow man god damn <laughs> Kanye is, is a tough one for me man because I remember when Kanye came to fuck out and where he's at now, I, I don't hate his music. Uh, I think that he's still very talented. I think that the masses have kind of gotten behind him, and now you got to pick a side. And I'm like, well, fuck that. I like old Kanye. That shit was great. <laughs> right, right. New Kanye is very interesting to me, though. I want to see how far it goes. I want to see how this ends for him. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of a 30-year career, what is this? You know what Kanye reminds me of? Do you remember that movie, Get Him to the Greek, and how the the character and, and his, his African child album and stuff like that? And it was just like a weird hiccup in the guy's career. So, you know, when you're looking at somebody transcend decades you know it's going to change i mean nas was a victim of the industry change so much around him that his style had to change over time you know just to survive you look at guys like ll cool j um you know anybody that's transcended decades master p like it's 
it's, there's some shit in their catalog you gotta go what the hell was going on there you know what i mean no but shit. It, it happens yeah so <laughs> well I, I like um like dirty south so that's my shit and just saying that there's a few people that that had to change like ludicrous ludicrous oh, been out yeah. for a minute you know and he's gotten to a point now where i don't i don't hear a lot from him you know but uh that fucking catalog, bro. You go through and you start looking at the hits. It's like, fuck Luda. It, it's Luda. crazy how many <laughs> top 40 hits. I mean, and then it just kind of becomes pop music after a while. And the fact that he's an IT guy now on fucking with Transformers and all of the Fast and Furious movies, which uh, we already know that format now. They just take a black person and put him in front of a computer. It's plug and play, baby. Let's make <laughs> some new music. Yeah. Well, it's not new. Did you see That's, Jurassic Park? Saw... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy in Jurassic Park, Rihanna was a computer hacker in Ocean's 8. Like, there's a format now. Uh, the, the world will do that to you, though. I mean, the world, let alone let alone being in, in the entertainment industry. You know what I mean? I look at some of the people that I um, grew up just looking at. Aunts, uncles, even my mother. You know what I mean? You look at some stuff and you go, whoo, shit, what happened there? But now that I'm an adult and I've endured, you know, some hardships myself, yeah. and I know I'm not the same person that I was, like, in my 20s or my teens, I just think differently. And it's purely just the result of the world. You know what I mean? So No, I, I, I get it 100%. I'm 31 now, going on 50 some days, man. It's weird. Right. You know, right. I think it makes you a little Are you done wiser. making new friends at 30? Like, are you done making new male friends? The thing is, um, I don't have time. That's and that right. sounds like a shitty thing to say, but I don't have time, and I don't want to feel like a shitty friend when I don't call you for a week, you know. But it's I got my own shit going on, so right now, this is kind of how I make friends now. Dave, I talk to random strangers on the internet, and I say, "Hey, buddy, how you doing?" <laughs> I will say this: um, I've I've done interviews or episodes, whatever. Is I don't interview people, but I've spoken to people that come from all walks of life i've i've spoken to you know artists and athletes and stand-up comics i've had a few like big stand-up comics that surprised me that they would take the time you know and one thing right. that i will say is i love talking to comics i think that given my history and the shit that i've i've survived through it gives me a very comedic outlook and i think that i usually gel very well with comedians really I've only tried it a couple times. Like I've only done a few open mics. I don't have time for that either. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want to consider myself a person that's trying to do stand up because that's not what it is. Right. I have a lot more respect for you guys because you you pulled the trigger. I am I unfortunately have not pulled the trigger. <laughs> I've got to keep working to pay these bills. Right, right. right. And you know what? That's an interesting thing. And this is a debate that I've ha been having mostly at comics tables. Hopefully this doesn't end my career saying something like on a podcast. I don't know how big your your audience is or what their Probably not what big their enough. Level is. Probably but not big be, enough, Dave. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't be me if I didn't touch on, on this concept. Because I think it's funny. Like you said, you, you feel as though you gel with comics. You have the itch, but you've never tried it. Therefore, you don't consider yourself a comic, right? Yes. And I, I agree with that. I, I don't think you're a comic until you try it at least once. You know what I mean? The minute you step on stage at first open mic, you're a comic. And I've been trying to have this debate at comics tables. I don't understand why no one sees it my way, and that's fine. But I, I wonder how come that doesn't appeal 
or that doesn't apply to like homosexuality. Like you know how there's some people yeah, who you try it once, buddy. <laughs> you're you're gay than right. Me. <laughs> it's like, but there are people who are considered gay that have never engaged in a gay act. They're okay. just like, oh well, you know, I'm I I, I like that. I'm attracted to that, but I, I I could never do it. And it's like, okay, well then you're not gay. You know what I mean? But they're like, no, 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 you can't. It doesn't work that way. No, no, no. Like, okay, I, okay. I see exactly what you're saying. Um, I had a roommate, my first roommate, as a matter of fact. He's a little black dude. Could have put him in your pocket, right? I've known his dude for <laughs> years. It was upsetting because he used to get naked. His name was Chris. We called him Jaybird, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> he would take his pants off at parties, and it was just this thing, right? Big old dick. Big old uh, dick. Go all the way, full Monty. Fucking knee slapping. And I'm just like, God, dog. And he never, I don't. When he was when he was in high school, he didn't date anybody. When we were roommates, I tried to get him some pussy, Dave. I tried mm-hmm. a few times, and it just wouldn't happen. And so we kind of just submitted. We were like, "Well, maybe." Um, <laughs> I, hey, buddy, you you are you into dudes? Because that's cool. I mean, fuck, I'll try to hook you up with dudes. What's up? And no, motherfucker, da 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 da. And then a few years later, I think he had a kid. But I still don't think that he uh, he fucks on the reg. So it's like, people are weird, <laughs> you know. They they like what they like, but they they sometimes they just get scared to try something to find out what they might really like. Right. Like, and a gay guy will tell you, no, that guy's gay. Like that guy could be full on married with kids and just like, hey. But they'll be like, nope, nope, he's gay. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but he's been repressing it for 30 years and they're like yeah 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 there's tons of people that do that that guy's gay and i'm like ah okay but based on the way i look at comedy you're not a comic until you step on stage so <laughs> it's kind of, that's just the way i feel the same way about gay like you gotta get out there you know to really be well, a part of the community if that's the case then i guess i'm stand-up curious because <laughs> I've, I've done it i've done it three times so i guess that counts as as i'm i'm comic curious <laughs> Right, of right. comedy adjacent. I've been through a few parties and somebody pulled the mic out and I was like, well. <laughs> no, it, um, the, the couple times that I did it here, um, I actually went to the comedy club that we have here. And I'm in Little right. Rock. There's no, there's only one. It's the Looney Bin. And, you know, there's opportunity to go other places. I just kind of felt like if I'm going to do it, I want to jump in the deep end right quick. Just let me go down here and jump off the diving board a couple times and see what's up. Right. And I will tell you, I felt it. I really did. You know, um, I've always had kind of a knack for holding court at, at jobs and in conversations. And so getting on the stage that first time and, you know, you get real fucking nervous. <laughs> like your knees start shaking. It's like heights. If you don't like heights, imagine being on a 20 story building on the ledge. <laughs> That's what yeah. your fucking body feels yeah, like. Yeah, your bowels almost going to evacuate as they're about to call your name. You're like, oh, wait, I got to shit. No, you don't have to shit. That's nerve, buddy. Get up there. Yeah, you got to go. <laughs> That's what you got to do. And yeah. It, it's weird because, you know, the first minute or so, you get five minutes. So that first minute, you're a ball of nerves. You might shit. You might cry. <laughs> you're, you're right there in the pocket. <laughs> but as you get into it, you get that first laugh. Then you get the second one. And then you go, oh, this is what this is. Yeah. Okay. And then you try it again. You try it again. And in some cases, you keep doing it. And then you keep mm-hmm. doing it. Then you go places and doing it. And then for no, you're you're a traveling comic man. That's that's the way it's it's always been. I think that one thing you're up against right now is people, 
not necessarily like me because I think I'm more of an advocate for comedy. I try to let other people know about you. You know, that's what I want to do. I'm not trying to steal your thunder. Um, I think that you do have some people who are doing podcasts or internet shows or YouTube channels. Um, and then they're managing to turn that into money, which do you, you know, I'm not mad if you're making money. That's what we're all trying to do. But I could see where some comics would get upset with, uh, you know, internet personality people basically skipping the line and then showing up and doing shows, getting paid to do it. That's got to sting a little. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but that's that's our own fault. I, I'm um, like I have nothing against guys that pick up a phone and, and start talking into it and figure out a way to turn that into monetization. I, I tell comics all the time we are. We are like kung fu artists, like the old school kung fu guys with the long ponytails that go into the mountains and train for decades and master and discipline your body and discipline your craft. And while you were in the mountains being great at that, they were out developing machine guns. So, like, you know, are you going to come back to do battle with the machine gun? Like, you can still believe because you can, you train, you can dodge bullets and stuff like that. But, dude, it's only like you. Your times are evolving. You got to move with it. I mean, you can be the greatest fucking boxer in the world, but, you know, you can't do shit about a bullet. Can I tell you something that I've almost likened it to at this point? Uh, another job that... So flying a plane, right? Being a pilot. Mm-hmm. Pilots, they, they dime a dozen, man. There's a lot of people out there that try to learn how to fly planes, right? Yep. It's not that hard to fly a plane. It's not that hard to land a plane. Right. But the older pilots, the the true blue motherfuckers that get paid the good money, the veteran pilots, they don't get paid to fly the plane. They get paid to know what happens if something goes wrong, and they still fly the plane. Yes. And I think that's the difference between comics like yourself, people that have put in the time. You can handle a show from start to finish. An open micer can get a laugh. That's not the hard part. The hard part is keeping the laugh and keeping the momentum flowing for everybody else on the show. Yeah. That's like the show that I did last night uh, could have been a disaster, but it, it just I knew how to work in that environment that wasn't it. So basically, this was a guy. Uh, you ever heard you ever heard of Freedom Pay? Mm-mm. OK, basically, they process credit card payments for like any chip card readers or anything like that. So. This guy had a whole slew of his employees down to one of his, uh, like, his. he's got a river boathouse way down in Delaware, like at the Delaware-Maryland border. And, um, you know, they're down there partying, having a good time, and they just thought it'd be a good idea. Yeah, let's have a comic come down and, and entertain us. But the PA system didn't work, and they also thought it'd be a good idea to be outside on a deck. But, like, the deck is <laughs> it's facing, like, I don't know what the hell you would call it, but, it, like, the you know how no, normal people yeah. might have a street that they live on and a driveway behind them? Yes. Well, apparently people this rich have a street in front of them and then, like, a lake behind them where they, they park their boats. So that's what's behind us on this deck that I'm performing at while dogs are barking. There's fucking boats coming in and out. Like, it's, you know, this isn't a comedy club situation. You know what I mean? This is where people fail. This is where you can see your guy and go, oh, my God, I can't believe whatever the big star is just showed up here at this guy's boathouse. 
And um, he wasn't that funny. Because, but it's not that he wasn't funny. It's just the environment wasn't conducive. Right. But that's where I started out at. I started out at bars that every seat did not look at where I was standing, you know, doing bars on a Sunday night where guys who had fucked up all of their money gambling on football were like really waiting on this night game to save their weekend and their marriage and their life, you know. And, and the last and thing they're wanting to listen guy, to is the funny guy. <laughs> they're not really looking to laugh. Right, right. They're not. They give a fuck about me working out, you know, my five minutes. But in the process of me, you know, if you get that guy, that guy who's, you know, in a gambling hole to look up from his beer and kind of chuckle, and go, hmm, then that was a funny bit. And that's how you hold on to it. You know what I mean? And yeah. from years of doing stuff like that. Yeah, I turned I did a full hour with no microphone on a deck. And uh, that's not really something to be proud of, but it, it kind of is. You know Man, what I mean? come on like, now. You mean you were doing a show in perfect comedic, comic, little, 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 comedy show style setups? You had perfect acoustics. It's <laughs> <laughs> like fucking going onto a football field in, in just your underwear and saying, let's do this shit. Right. Come on. <laughs> but that's also, but that's how life is. You know what I mean? You put your resume down for any kind of job to be a manager or something like that, you know, and they ask you all the questions of how you would handle this and how you would handle that. And then the minute that you start showing up to work every day with the keys, nothing goes the way it was supposed to in the video. You know what I mean? So yeah. you, you, got, you still got to survive. No, I think that that is definitely a gift. And I think that is what the ultimate goal would be is so I can pull laughter out of people. I don't make people laugh. I fucking take it. <laughs> do you understand right. me? Like, and that's, right. uh, do you know who Tim Wilson is? He's a comic. I think he's dead now, but he, he was around for a long time. Um, uh, wait. No, I'm not familiar. God damn it. It wasn't Tim Wilson. Okay. Fuck. It's not important. The guy, oh, f- come on now. Okay, I got it. It's Robert Schimmel. That's the guy I'm thinking of. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar now, with that name, yeah. Robert had, had some medical stuff. He, he survived a lot of crazy shit. Funny fucking guy. Okay, um, he had to have what's the chemo? I believe he had to have chemo or something along those lines. So he's this motherfucker's uh-huh. in a cancer ward, right? And he meets this old guy. He tells the story; it's a bit, but he says, you know, I met this guy. He'd been told that he'd only had you know so many months left to live. Just basically got dealt the shit hand, right? He said, I made it my goal <laughs> to make that fucking guy laugh every time I went in there. And so for those moments where he was going in to get his chemotherapy, you know, he was trying to make somebody laugh that didn't have a lot to fucking laugh about, you know, Right, right. and he was able to do that. And I believe he even made the point that that's what it's about. That's how, you know, you've, you've got it (laughs) when you can make people laugh. Yeah. yeah, It's it's a weird thing. Like, I feel like laughter is, is the same thing like hope. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's something that we all peddle. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so I, I've even talked to pastors. We're we're very similar, especially like pastors who have mega churches. Oh, absolutely! You know I mean? it's, like you guys are very. They're doing similar. two shows on a Sunday. You know what I mean? They got to turn the room over, and, and you know, if your church is big, you kind of have to pander to the audience, and you have the churches that the the guys that speak in the smaller churches where they can get a bit wilder and say anything that they want. You know. Um, but the ultimate thing is you're selling people some sort of understanding of what's going on around them. You know what I mean? It's like literally everyone goes to work at least 40 hours a week. And there's a lot of shit that's happening to them that they, they don't even have the time to process. Right. My job, similar to any other philosopher or any 
uh, pastor or anything is to examine what everyone's going through and then give them a bit of understanding. You know what I mean? When when they listen to me talk, oh yeah, yeah, I can relate to that because I'm going through that same thing. You know what I mean? And that's if you can give laughter in a fucked up situation that somebody in the audience can relate to, that helps them. That helps them deal with that shit. Now when they go back to their family. And, you know, whatever the, whatever the case might be, you know what I mean? You're struggling with erectile dysfunction or your wife doesn't want to fuck you anymore. You know, yeah, well, the comic just made light of that. You know what I mean? So I can go ahead and do another week in this sexless marriage. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking give me enough to get through the day, goddammit. <laughs> right, right, right. Church is a funny thing. I went to church for the first time in a long time yesterday, Dave. It's oh, very really? interesting. On a Friday. On a, on a Saturday, um, we had... Oh, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yesterday. Shit. This I don't know what day is. Catholic church. And I've been a couple times. Okay. My, my wife's family is Catholic. We are not practicing. I have no faith. So let's, you know, put that out in front. I basically go under protest. I'm like, I, right. really, I really don't fucking want to go. And I have to. So um, I'm there yesterday. I've been to this church a few times. It's in the hood. <laughs> they used to go to this place when my wife was a kid. It's kind of by where they used to live. So it's it's a collection of people um, of all walks of life. You know, all credos, all colors. It's it's a very interesting dynamic getting there. Now, everybody's old as fuck. That is one thing that I did notice. <laughs> so I don't think they're getting a lot of new people in there. But, um, you know, I don't. I don't go very often, so I go in with a very weird attitude. Kind of just like, all right, let's let's get this over with. And it's Catholic Church, baby. This is serious shit with the holy right. water and all that shit. So I went to church yesterday, and the fucking pastor, the priest, whatever, started talking about, I guess, some some shit's been going on in the news lately with old pedophilia in, in the Catholic Church. Uh-huh. And he uh-huh. actually addressed it on stage last night. Good for him. Now, you want to talk about feeling the hand upon you. <laughs> like, this motherfucker is on stage talking about Catholic priests fucking children and how that affects the overall religion. And I normally would have just blown the whole thing off, dude, but I'm sitting here. I'm watching him. I'm trying to listen. I'm like, wow, that's a tough yeah. fucking sell right there, baby. <laughs> You're on stage right now. And that's that. About- I respect him for that, for, for going off that deep end, man, because there's a serious chance you take. Either a lot of your people won't come back or you have someone here for the first time that might go, hmm. Like, I mean, literally, you're spreading you're spreading the word. Just by me hearing that, the next time I'm invited to go, I might just go just to see, uh, are they talking about this? I, I heard they're talking about this now. Apparently, you don't want to go in Pennsylvania because there was a lot of little kid fucking in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, Pennsylvania is a scary, scary state, man. I uh, So, as you know, I'm from Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, and I went to college in Pittsburgh. And um, I went to college in 2001. So this was right like 9-11 happened two weeks into me being in school so it grounded like flights like for a while we were able to fly back and forth cheap when it came back but so basically i was taking a greyhound or driving back and forth across the state non-stop Ooh. and um yeah there's certain places like other than breezewood you really don't want to stop you know what i mean even harrisburg is kind of like sketchy you know what i mean like that's real crazy to hear. I mean, I'm in Arkansas, dude. You want to talk about bumfuck? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I got places down yeah, here. I've been You'll out just there disappear. Too. <laughs> like, you, you just don't come back. Pennsylvania is just... To have a city like Philadelphia that is so heavy black 
And you really only have to go maybe about an hour and a half west before you start seeing Confederate flags on barns. And it's just like, oh, wow. That shit blows like, my it's, mind. It's, okay. different. It's, it's that close. <laughs> it's really that close. You know what I mean? Confederate flags are a fun one, being from where I'm from. Uh, I don't know, man. I think it's one of those things you're influenced by your parents and your uncles and shit. I think at a certain point you have to make a choice. Do I want to be the guy who's going to have to defend this fucking choice every time? Or do I just understand that this is hurtful in some way to somebody and fucking just let it go? You know? Um, you know what? And here's the thing. I, I, I did a uh, tour throughout the Midwest. It was about three months of doing colleges. And we were in places like, you know, Upper Michigan, uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, South Dakota, you know, Minnesota. Uh, it was... It, and it was very eye-opening to me because this was before the election. So now as a comedian, um, as a black comedian traveling in that area, as long as I'm funny, afterwards, I can, people have, have uh, Confederate flags tattooed all over them. And they'll still come up. That border is broken. Right. They'll come up to you. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. You are funnier than hell, man. And, and then we can bond just off of the fact that they respect what I did on stage. And it all goes away. So now, when you're invited to smoke or when you're invited to come and drink with these guys, I would always, you know, take the opportunity. And what I realized was it's just, we just weren't talking to each other. That's it. That's I realized, it. like, oh, people in middle America, like, the two coasts seem to be the loudest. And, like, like you said, I'm talking to you right now. You don't have the best Wi-Fi, you know? So, like... How can people in your area that may feel the other way, how can they educatedly articulate how they feel about things for someone to go, oh, okay, I never I never thought of it that way. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, most people, they're just, nah, we just grew up, we like it. Like, I don't even see it as a, a thing of hate. It's just your culture. It is in that sense. Where you come sense. from, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, the, the, the thing I mean, that gets me, is it still... I don't know. It feels like people are trying to start shit with those flags, though. Like, well, and that's yeah, what, yeah, that's yeah. what definitely, irritates definitely me. Definitely, there are those. There are those. But you got. I think you got to let people have their thing. Like, I just went to a wedding, uh, 2018. Two black people just got married, and they jumped over the broom as oh, a sure. tradition, which is a slave tradition. It you is. know what I mean? That was all because you couldn't have a wedding as a slave on a plantation to get married. They would jump over the broom. So why do you think pro-black people would do that now in 2018? It's just because they just don't know. They don't know. You know, they're not trying to offend anybody by doing a slave tradition or something like that. It's just what they do. You know, black people who still choose to eat chitlins to this day. You know, it's just because that's what they grew up on. They don't know any better. I mean, look, I'm from Philly. We, our big thing is cheesesteaks. A cheesesteak is a fucking nightmare for your heart. You yeah, know what I mean? Not, it's but it's what we do. <laughs> it's just what we do. Now, someone who grew up in California eating avocado and all that shit, if I show them, oh, yeah, come to Philly, this is what we do, they go, are you fucking crazy? Are you fucking crazy? Do you realize what's happening with healthcare costs and you're going to jam that in your fucking face? It's just regional and how you grew up and what you look at as normal. You know what I mean? I do agree with that. But I'm just saying the Confederate flag is the one that, that I see enough of that it makes me go, all right. Because that's really my thing. Do you. If, you, if you're a fucking racist, do you. Just right. be racist. Be racist all the time. 
don't at the moment when you pull up in the fucking Walmart parking lot because you're driving, you're jacked up Ford F-150. Yeah, got them big wheels. And then you got them three fucking flags hanging out the back. And then some young brother walks up to you and wants to have a discussion. Don't bitch out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you brought that on yourself. That just means, in my opinion, hey, yeah, it's but a that's conversation a lot of pressure starter. To <laughs> Yeah, but that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody to, to be ready to gangbang all the time. And I mean, that's essentially all it is. You know, when you're flying a flag or your rag or your colors or whatever the situation might be, and someone wants to set trip off the fact that you got a different color flag hanging off your truck or whatever the situation might be, you get caught lacking. You know what I mean? I mean, Bloods and Crips deal with that shit all the time. If you're going to be a Crip, I don't care. I caught you at the movie theater with your grandma. Right. You think they ever you know get tired I mean? of it, they, they get tired of it. They pass each other in a Motel 6 fucking lobby. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. They just need some ice. Yeah. <laughs> and I one would, dude comes out in his red boxers. Head. One dude comes out with his do-rag on, and they go, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a lot to be on all the time. Couldn't I mean, look. Put As my a motherfucking comic, ice bucket down. <laughs> catch me going to the lobby to get ice at 2 in the morning. I don't want to be funny right now. I just want to get this ice and go back to my room. That's a lot. You know what I mean? So I, and, but that's why I said, like, even when it comes down and you get a chance to talk to somebody and you see, oh, it's just a human being that just he made a decision or he was influenced to make a decision that I disagree with. That's it. You know what I mean? I remember I was on the beach once, uh, and this was in New Jersey, and I had my family with me. And this guy had a huge swastika tattoo on his chest, on his left pec. Oh, snap. And I remember being uncomfortable a little bit. Like, I wanted to say something. I wanted to move my family away. And then I just, I don't know whether it was laziness or just logic, where I'm just like, this guy just throwing a fucking frisbee. Like, I don't know what happened and why he has that on his chest. It's there. It's there forever. He doesn't seem to have a problem with me sitting right here so i'm just gonna let it be and i didn't say anything and there were two people just having a day at the beach you know what i mean and i think that more people have to take that approach you know what i mean like the fact that he has a swasta i don't know whether he still stands behind that whether he doesn't it's not like he's attacking me or trying to get me to leave this fucking beach if anything we're both pieces of jersey garbage here on this (laughs) shitty beach so let's just enjoy you know our fucking day you know like i love it i I think it's beautiful and i wish more people would do that i think it's hard to hate somebody up close and that's not my my quote somebody else said that but it's very true it's hard to to be hateful when you see that this is just a normal fucking person that i'm sitting across from the table from right now Right. There was a show on Vice, or no, Vice, Netflix, something they did recently. It was, you know, I'm who, who why do you hate me? Some shit like that, some docuseries. And it's this really pretty, right. um, I think she might be, forgive me if I'm incorrect, she's Middle Eastern, uh, Palestinian, maybe she's Indian, I don't know. Um, but she interviews these, like, hate group leaders, like neo Nazis and shit, sits down with them, and she's like, tell me why you hate me. You know, like, what's the deal? And then so he'll spout off some fucking some of his rhetoric, some of the shit he read out of his book. And then she'll hit him with one comeback. Do you think that about me? Like, if we were out in public somewhere, would you fucking stomp me out, dude? And he's like, well, I mean, you know, we're cool now. But, uh, you know, it's just it's the way it is. And it's like you see these people. They're just people. They're, They're misguided. They've had so much trauma. 
it's funny to me now being an adult having gone through you know dude i've run the gamut now i'm not i'm not straight out the hood i'm straight out the trailer <laughs> you know what i'm saying i've i've been hit a lot uh-huh. i have only difference between the projects bro. and the trailer park <laughs> is the projects are stacked on top of each other instead of next to each other very very true and it's it's a very interesting life you know i, I went back recently and saw it dude it, it bummed me out like it's still there and it looks like the forest is starting to overtake the park <laughs> there are trees yeah. growing through trailers and shit it's very creepy and you look at that and you just go i'm one of so many like as i get older i hear more people's stories and i realize like a lot of fucking people survived through the 80s to the 2000s pretty much by themselves and it's a miracle you know that that a lot of us are still here and now we have to figure out like it's okay you know like we have to we have to understand that we're all the same like nobody's fucking that special We've all been through it. We've all lost people. We've all fucking been let down. We've all have been abandoned in some way. You know, it's very strange. Right. I don't know. Yeah. It makes me feel kind of icky just to know that, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of people just like me out there that maybe I, didn't adjust as well and now lash out however the fuck they do it. You know, and maybe they kick. Well, the you dog. know what it is uh, to me. I think it's interesting that um, I think society has set a false expectation of community unity and helping out one another you know we all grew up watching cartoons and and uh christmas movies about families coming together and and you know all of the little after school specials if you were a kid of the 80s and grew up watching stuff like saved by the bell and power rangers and stuff like that of these people that don't let each other down ever under any circumstances they're always there for each other and they always solve whatever problem they come across in 30 minutes or less Mm -hmm. and then your life never looked like no (laughs) you know what i mean like at the end at the end of the day we're we're like very similar to animals animals are just out there by themselves they might roll in packs for a little bit of safety but you know when shit hits the fan they all fucking scatter yeah, that's and on you <laughs> whichever one don't make it oh well you know what i mean they don't even have time to stop and and, and cry or mourn you know what i mean like deer you don't see deer gather by the side of the road to put together a memorial right because another deer got hit by a truck they have a moment and they're of not silence. out there <laughs> had their signs up protesting no more trucks coming through my forest like they just deal with it you know what i mean like and i think we're supposed to do the same thing you know like when you see a wild animal's uh carcass or if you ever see a wild animal that died from natural causes but you see the body the body is beat to fucking shit dude i mean there's so many broken bones so many fractures that didn't heal correctly but you know the animal just had to survive so society makes us think that we're different that we're above animals but no that's the that's the thing that we're always fighting that's so visceral that we're always feeling you know what i mean when we feel abandoned when we feel let down we feel angry and it's like yeah this shit you know when you want to behave like an animal and for some reason society tells you you can't you got to play by society's rules but society's not even giving you what it told you it was going to give you it's a weird fucking mind fuck that we're all dealing with you know oh yeah well the, the way i look at it and this is just me being honest i'm opening up right now okay i figured out a long time ago it was after the i caught a, uh, my felony charge i said okay okay um 
I'm not going to make it in this world if I can't figure out how. Like, what am I supposed to do? So what it came down to was, I can think and feel however I want, but at the end of the day, if you want to succeed, if you want to at least get that first fucking foot in the door, you got to play by the rules, man. There are rules. You know, you, you have to adjust yourself. You got to get that job. You got to kiss that little bit of ass. You got to fucking get your bills paid, and then you can make that leap to, to don't give a fucksville. But it seems right. like this culture, this this America we live in today, it, that time frame is getting longer and longer because shit costs more, <laughs> you know, and it sucks because people get caught in that trap. You should be able to do whatever you want to do. That's what we're all working towards. We all want to be free. We want to do what the fuck we want. But the fact of the matter is you've got to put in your time. And I think there's a lot of people that just can't do it. And so they don't get jobs. You know what I'm saying? They stay poor their whole fucking life. And I'm not talking about black people, white people, Mexican people. It's just people. Motherfuckers that just can't shake it. They can't get right. i got plenty right. in my family. They're grown children. They just, but it, I think that I agree with that. But I think that, you know, those who check out and don't play the game to an extent, I think they're right. I think they're right. Like, I look at like a little kid, you know what I mean? Like, if you ever been to like a two year old's birthday party, they don't want to fucking be there. You know what I mean? They don't understand what's going on. And everyone's telling them, well, no, 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 no. Sit right here. We got a cake for you. And I'm like, OK, cake. Yeah, let me get cake. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Let's do the party first, and then we had it. And the kid is like, "What the fuck is this party?" Right. I'm what here is, for I don't cake. Give a fuck about these people. <laughs> give me the cake. So you already start bartering for your time. Like, okay, like, wait, wait, wait. If you just come over here and take this picture, we'll get you some cake. Wear this dress or wear this little outfit that I put on you. We'll get you some cake. So it starts at a very young age where. You're sacrificing your wants and needs for somebody else for some shit that don't have nothing to do with them. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I think about it. At two years old, what reason, what logical reason would you not just give the kid the fucking cake other than to make them do it? But you keep buying your time. You know what I mean? So it's like now all you want to do is play. Well, we got to clean up this first. We got to do that. Or you got to go to school. School, for me, is, it feels like the biggest con. Oh, you know man. what I mean? <laughs> that was rough. <laughs> yeah. K through 12. That's 13 years of you bartering your time. Of daycare. You never wanted that's to go to school. That's all that shit was. That was daycare huh? so my people could go do what the fuck they had to do to make their money. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> but they're telling you you got to do it. Because, you know, you need to know these things and you're going to need to be able to get a job and do blah, blah, blah. All right, fine. You give up 13 years of your life to uh, go to school. And it's always under the guise of like, and once you finish school or once you finish this, you can go and play. You know what I mean? Now you're fucking 18 years old. You know, you, you, you can't play the shit that you wanted to play at six. But all right, cool. Can I play now? Hold on, if you go to college for another four years, you'll really be able to play hard. You know what I mean? And you keep bartering this time where all you ever wanted to do was play. And then before you know it, you're working and you're working hard trying to get an opportunity to play. And then before you know it, you're just old. And 50. you're like, fuck, yeah. was, was it even worth it? I'm at that point, to be honest with you, man. I got to figure something out. Like It's driving me crazy inside. I don't let it out a lot, but it's. I feel like I'm at a point where I'm just trading dollars for hours. And uh, I got a two year old kid, and every day I come mm -hmm. home, and he's a day older. 
You know what I'm saying? And I noticed that now. Somebody told me that a long time ago. So that's what's going to hit you first. Wait till he's about two. And then every day you come home, he's going to know a new word. He's going to know something that you weren't there for. And that shit's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're at a yeah. point now where we've just, we've kind of made a plan to to progress, to take another step. And it sucks because we got to buckle down for a couple years, you know. But if all goes well, after that, we should get to play for a little bit. And that's what I'm really looking forward to. But it is driving me nuts inside. I feel like I'm just sitting still and I'm getting extra gray hairs every fucking day. Oh, yeah. Extra gray hairs, extra pounds around the midsection. And Bro. you can't figure out what the fuck is going on. I used like, to be a fucking animal. <laughs> Do you understand me? I'm six foot one. <laughs> I used to weigh 200 pounds, which isn't great. Yeah. But it's not bad. You know what I'm saying? Getting up hungry every fucking day, and it's getting to suburban house dad stage, and I'm a little upset with it. I don't think I'm depressed. I think I'm just kind of in a funk. Like, I'm, I'm moving, but slowly. <laughs> but you're very aware of what's going on around you, and like you said, you know something needs to change, and you're like, well, how how do I change it? And the weird, the weird chains that we put on ourselves are the mortgage, the marriage, the children. You know, once you start putting these things on, it's harder to kind of be selfish and run off and do what you want to do. And it's only because society will keep you in line. I, I did a sh- very short-lived bit about this on stage where I was saying how, how I think the bravest thing anybody can do is run off on their family. Like, because it's socially unacceptable, but it's what every man really wants to do. Yeah. And, you know, they just want to go <laughs> off and live whatever their dream is, but they'll be martyred. You'll be, you'll literally have that scarlet letter on you. You ran out on your fucking family. You know what I mean? And if you can't get away from that anymore. Back in the day, yeah, a lot of dads used to go Fuck for it. a pack of cigarettes <laughs> and never come back. Now, it's easier to track these guys down. So people stay and they sit there and they're like, all right, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that stigma. Did you see this guy uh, who just killed his wife, uh, wife and two kids? She was pregnant with another one. And he sat there on the news pleading like, yeah, just bring her back. But you know, he knew he had killed her. Right. They had just filed for bankruptcy in like 2013 and uh, they were back in debt. They were back in debt, like four hundred and forty-nine thousand in the hole, with eight hundred sixty-four dollars in their checking account. And she just posted a video that she was pregnant again on Facebook, and she was so excited. And she posted a video of her explaining to him, and you could see his like, "Oh wow, yeah, that's great." Uh, like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, this chick is killing this guy. You know what I mean? Like. I'm not saying Quite I condone his behavior, actually. too. Don't, don't get me wrong on that. <laughs> Look, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, not saying, saying what, is it? what is it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I understand. <laughs> I understand. Dude, my lady is pressuring me for a third kid. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? Like, no. Hey, I, you, you want one? I'll they, send him you know. to you for a little bit. You can borrow him. Little white kid. He's pretty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he gets you some shit. <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's weird, right? Like you just get in it, but deep down, you know that there are so many dudes just sitting here, just going, "I could be in my car, I could cross the state line in like two hours, man, and I just fucking gone." <laughs> yeah. Especially because, like, all right, the kid in you from like six to maybe thirteen just wanted to play. Then once you discovered pussy, like around fifteen, sixteen. That became your primary objective. You know what I mean? I don't care what anybody says. 
Your only reason why you get up and brush your teeth in the morning, why you ever even bother to stay in shape or, you know, go make money or do get a job, anything was so that you could be you could have your pick of the litter and mate with any female that you wanted to. Yes. Right. And then somehow it goes to I'm just going to pick this one and we're both going to sit here and you know get fat and unattractive and like your your entire object like you still have that visceral drive that you want to have sex with every hot female you see absolutely but you don't have the means to get it and you're going to convince yourself no 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 i'm happy here <laughs> i'm happy with this this older version that just keeps getting older and and not better looking you know what she, i mean she makes like, me nachos shallow, after we get done. <laughs> that's a weird thing that men are selling themselves you know it, it is strange, man. I've said it before. Uh, you know, I, I was exposed to sex at a very young age, had some, some weird shit happen, and it's just that drive was in me long before it was even feasible to get some pussy. So uh, okay. bef- before you get that first piece, it's always a joke. Like your buddies, you're hanging out, yeah, I'm going to get some pussy tonight, and then, yeah, whatever, you don't get the pussy. And then you just go home, and you jerk off, and you play video games, and it's fine. Right, but then you break off that first piece, and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah." How how do I make this happen more? And then more. It is it is your only concern. That's right. very crazy. <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday, man. Like it it is it, wonderful. I love pussy. My wife knows it. <laughs> yeah, and she's got to keep right, me fulfilled right. because I love it. It, it is what it is. And I think that was, you know, she was married before I was in a very long-term relationship with a much older woman. I got mom issues, Dave. Ah. Uh, don't we all, though? Don't we all? Bro, she was 40, and I was, like, 18. She was actually uh, three months older than my mother. Wow. Fun. Good for her. Oh, bro. For her, too. Good for her. Yeah. She she looked okay. We could fuck around. You know, just drop loads, dude. She fucking, she was not having any more kids. And, oh, did uh, she have that hysterectomy thing? I think she went with the old-fashioned, the old tie-em-up and, and do that number. She had three kids, one of which I graduated high school with. And before yeah. you say it, nothing ever happened with the high school kid. Uh, yeah, she she was more like emo, kind of gothy shit. And I just, no, I'm good. Right. And see, that's good <laughs> for her because w- was she working or was she like... She was a person who I think got responsibility early in life like she, she had a kid my age right so i think she had that kid maybe got into some drugs and then her parents had to raise that kid then she got married she had two more kids a few years later got it together but then that marriage fell apart so now she's got three kids uh all of which are teen no one teenage and two around like just under preteen and then we meet she's a wonderful lady i I i've nothing bad to say about her she had her issues you know right yeah but those people fascinate me but go ahead buddy that's what i needed in that moment in my life i mean you know i didn't have really a mom figure i had been you know hit a lot by the only female influence i had in my life so i didn't trust women I needed somebody to support me and also fuck me <laughs> to keep me on the straight and narrow. And I ended up messing around on her a few times. We were together for like four years. Right. So from 18 to 22, she's like the only thing that kind of kept me wrangled because I would have I would have gone off, Dave. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's a very good thing that she was around at that point in my life because it was. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do recognize that a lot in the in your area, like the, that – 
middle America, uh, there's so many young people that um, I did like when you guys, if, when young people get lost in that area because the population density isn't there for them to at least just wander into some other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like spending a lot of time alone and isolated at such a formidable age. That's where, you know, you get some weird shit going on, you know? I'm glad that you said that because I've not touched on that point. Dave, I've spent a lot of time alone. And I think yeah. that's – let's – I've been sat here and rambled forever. The, the One of the whole reasons I, I found out about you, um, I've heard you on, I think, rap before. Uh, but I, I had a talk with Sean Hennessy. I, th- I find uh-huh. him fascinating, just the fact that he's kind of coming through what he has. And uh, I heard you recently on their show, Shout Out Bullpen Therapy. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you guys were talking about the Netflix series, the I Am a Killer. Oh yeah, yeah. And the main man, the first dude who had been kept in solitary for like twenty fucking years, I think, who basically killed somebody to get on death row because he was like, "Fuck it, <laughs> like I can't be in this room by myself twenty three hours a day anymore. I'm going right. crazy." <laughs> I've uh, I've spent yeah. a lot of time by myself, and I think that a lot of the weird shit that I've thought of or done in my life has been from isolation and it's not good yeah were you an only child yes <laughs> yeah i was too um i was the only child so uh and it's funny i just realized i just realized from a conversation that i had with one of my childhood friends that my mom was an alcoholic like that's how children managed to block shit out and mm-hmm. just deal with it you know what i mean and he's like, yeah, man, you know, you were a good kid and you came out really well considering, you know, your mom was an alcoholic. And I'm like, really? Like, oh, I didn't look at it that way. You know, and then I'm thinking back, like, holy shit, yeah, my mom, I used to have to, like, carry my mom in the house drunk a lot. I've seen her falling over, throwing up past and out. And it's like, holy shit, you know, like, I know what alcoholism is. I know my mom drank a lot, but I never processed that my mom was an alcoholic and that took a toll on me you know what i mean so yeah but i spent a lot of time by myself you know usually home uh once i was old enough to go out and boom hit the block i was gone and i never came home i was gone same all the time like once i really got out into the street go ahead my bad were you saying something no that's i was disagreeing with you same thing like i was home a lot and uh, then i got a job The last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, that before, was my escape. Yeah, the that last, was my escape working. Before like, the, I got my first job, job at like 12, dude. Yeah, I think mine was 14. And it was under yeah, the, all under the table. My first official one on paper was 14. <laughs> all under the but table. I started finding ways to work. Yeah, yeah. And that was a big thing because there was little stuff that I would ask for that, you know, now looking back on it, I understand how frustrating that was for my mom. My mom's a single mom. She's doing the best that she can. And, you know, I'm asking for shit. I'm always asking, well, can I have new this or new that? And my mom, no, no, no. Or go ask your dad. But, you know, I, I couldn't really get a, get in touch with my dad. Um, and then it was shit like, um, you know, just you need to work and start making some money around here to do your own thing. So I took that literally. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I literally, all right. You I mean, I don't have to live in this shithole and I get some money? Okay. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny how, how even at that age, because I want to say my mom, she was pretty young. But, like, when we started going through this, my mom was in her 30s. 
but it was a lot of just females saying shit that they don't mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, my mom put me out when I was 16, and rightfully so. I got into the streets and started dealing with drugs and shit like that. So I was now I understand I was jeopardizing her livelihood. Like if my kids had drugs in my house, I'd tell them get the fuck out. Oh yeah, you know, I'm not going to jail for you, motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I also never came back. Like it wasn't like you know when you kicked me out, I was going to be like, oh please, please. No, mm-hmm. I went deeper into squalor and lived in deeper more impoverished conditions and um i just made that you know my home you know what i mean like yeah. uh I, at the time i was uh living in a very dank dark basement with uh, my cousin we were sleeping on some military cots and we had a kerosene heater between the two of us to keep warm and i would go to school for about Four periods a day. Uh, at this point, my education was really, really suffering. I was an academically talented student, always on a roll and all this stuff. But it's very difficult to focus when you wake up freezing. You know what I mean? Like, I would get up. I would have to take from where I was staying. I would take uh, a bus, a train, and another bus to get to school. So it was like a 50-minute commute to school. God damn. And I would literally just go for the free breakfast and the free lunch, and Hell then I yeah. would dip out after you, lunch. Hey, and remember go that, that free breakfast was the shit, wasn't it? You get some juice, yeah, name yeah. brand cereal, some yeah, goddamn cinnamon toast like, crunch. That, <laughs> right. <laughs> but that, that was shit. my survival plan. That was my survival plan. They gave us tokens and stuff so that we could catch public transportation. I knew how to get to school. I knew where to go get a free meal, and then I would chase money throughout the rest of the day and i chose to live that way for at least two years you know what i mean like as just going to high school half the time and finding other ways to rip and run in the streets you know as opposed to ever going home i probably could have chalked it up and apologized or whatever but i chose to live that way and it worked out because when i became a comic in new york and I was struggling, you know what I mean? It's it like, yeah, shit. I can sleep you, anyway. I've been, I I've been here before. <laughs> I slept in my car. You think I give a fuck about this couch? <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, there's roaches in the basement. I don't give a fuck. You know what Whatever. I mean? Like, I'm yeah. just used to it. Dude, uh, my aunts had. It's so awesome to talk to somebody that actually has like the similar because you get it you understand i don't have to sit here and sound weird when i'm saying that like dude this is real life shit i used to sleep on a couch face down because the roaches were so bad the motherfuckers would crawl in your mouth yes yes you get a bowl of cereal you crack that shit open you pour it into the bowl and at least 10 roaches crawl out of it you gotta go Mm -hmm. fuck and you gotta shake that shit on a paper towel because you ain't throwing it away motherfucker that's all the food you got right (laughs) you know what i'm saying like i've been there And mind you, I didn't grow up that way. My mom provided a way better environment for me. I just doubled down. I I think it was more so out of curiosity. You know what I mean? Like, I was always curious about... How low can you go? (laughs) How low can you go? Yeah, yeah. Or just to experience it. Because there were some kids that I recognized, like, in middle school that were way more savage than the other kids. You know what I mean? Like... Middle school, I want to say sixth grade is when things change as far as like fighting. Fighting was no longer like grabbing a kid, putting him in a headlock, and then you guys kind of fall to the ground no, no, no. and maybe punch each other in the stomach. You playing football, you lifting weights a little bit. You don't want to get hit by one of these motherfuckers. <laughs> and not only that, now people are punching in the face. You know, jaws are getting broken. You know what I mean? Like people are fighting and drawing blood. So I remember 1993, uh, I was 10 years old. 
And I remember um, Wu-Tang's album came out, Biggie's album came out. Like, hip-hop had changed, and it got very, very aggressive. Very serious. Bad Boy was all over the radio, a lot mm-hmm. of Craig Mack flavor in your ear. Like, you know, and I mean, these songs were great, but they were the soundtrack to a very, very violent summer, I remember. I like Just, to call it, it the, like, uh, the Boys in the Hood summer yeah that's what it, it was, was very yeah. it just got really weird you could feel the energy change there was no more kid and play there was mm-hmm. no more kwame and dancing and all that stuff it became like even tupac changed from what he was with digital underground to now thug life and all this shit death row records so the energy around me had changed and there were some of the kids who embraced this new energy very easy. Like I remember at that age being very confused because I was I was an only child. I was very raised by my mom. For all intents and purposes, I was soft as fuck. You know right. what I mean? My mom was trying her best, but you know, what could she do? You know, she's making sure that I eat, I got clothes on my back. There's other kids who aren't eating. You know what I mean? There's other kids who are just being straight abused. And we're all the kids that go to the same school where all the kids that are at you know the uh, local playground at the, the basketball court or the rec center on the weekend and there were some fights that i was just absolutely petrified i was petrified because i'm like oh my god that kid's a fucking monster yeah you know what i mean and whatever he has in him to pummel another kid like that i don't have that you know what i mean but i did recognize that I was I was food out here for uh, you know th- for intents and purposes the neighborhood is the is the the, the sea it's the it's nature and all of these different animals meet here at the playground every weekend and I knew that I wasn't equipped right you know what I mean like to handle myself against anybody so when I started to go down that route I think I was intentionally trying to build a callus and become more like these savages around me so that I could feel more comfortable in this environment that I wasn't going to get out of. You know what I mean? I think one of the best weapons that you develop from from growing up around that is the camouflage. You learn to blend in. It's really easy. Yeah. You you don't showboat. You don't show out. You just kind of find a way to get through the cracks. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was a smart kid. I hid my smarts. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure you can hear I'm pretty articulate, but I have a very hood vernacular and twang that I more so developed, you know, <laughs> in my teenage years, you know. Uh, it's that goddamn was, rap music, Dave. <laughs> I got it, too. <laughs> I grew up with But fucking... that was the thing that, you know, most of my teachers and those people were very frustrated and upset about. I don't understand what this is, why he's doing this, why he's behaving this way. And it's like, dude, because the world that you guys don't see you can't protect me from Mm-mm. you know what i mean and um yeah i think that 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 i'm just now realizing even though i don't go to therapy but i pretty much just smoke weed a Word. Uh, think about some shit <laughs> yeah you know you. I, I realized that a big part of uh what was the most traumatic for me now at 35 is that uh um i didn't expect to still be here like i was literally in my element waiting to die I was waiting to die and it never happened. You know what I mean? I was waiting to get sentenced to uh, a, a, a ridiculous jail time. And that would be, that's how everybody left. That's how everybody got out of here. You know what I mean? So I was just waiting for my turn 
and it never happened. And that's very confusing. You know what I mean? It's literally like being on your knees with a blindfold and a gun barrel to the back of your head. And then the next thing you know, it's just gone. The person (laughs) never pulled the trigger and they just left the room. And you pull the blindfold off and you go, what the fuck was that? You know what I mean? Yeah. After everything I did, like I said, it's physical, verbal. I was sexually abused as a kid. And then when I was 16, I got shot in the face. So I almost died. And then when I was 19, I got convicted of a felony. So it's like, I've had a lot of experience. And here I am now with all this just in my head. And um, I'm just watching the world go by. I'm just looking and I I see things and I have my assumptions. I have a very low, low tolerance for bullshit. Because, you know, if you want to convince me, like if you're a person asking for money, okay, you better come with a good story <laughs> because I know what I can do and yeah. I know you can do it if I can do it. <laughs> so I picked don't. on a guy the other, uh, picked on a guy about a month ago. Who, you've got, you've got uh, shoes I on. Like, I don't look away. Homeless. <laughs> yeah. I don't look away from those people at all because I, cause of like, I've slept on the street. I know what that is. I'll look you right in your face. And I had a guy that came up to my uh, car with his, his sign and I had the window halfway down, and I didn't shy away. I didn't try to look straight ahead. I looked right at him. I read the sign, and then I just told him, I said, um, the beds of your fingernails are way too clean for you to be homeless. Mm-hmm. And he looked He looked at the sign. He looked at me kind of like, what the fuck? Like, you know, and then the light turned green, and I just drove away. You know what I mean? But it's just like I see through your bullshit. You know what I mean? Your your fingernails are way too clean. Way like you can, anyone can string their hair up and throw on some ratty clothes. You know what I mean? But right. like, I've been around people who've really been in the shit. You know what I mean? And I, I'm calling you out. You're a fucking fraud. You know what I mean? And that's it. Real homeless people are outside when it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's. Uh, I don't know if I got no legs. He's outside when it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the dude you that stop and give thing. a blanket to and when a fucking I sandwich. Sell, <laughs> when I tried to get involved with selling drugs, I was bad at weathering the storm. When it was raining, when it was snowing, when it was like the conditions were just unbearable. You're like, no. And there were other kids <laughs> my age that could stand there on the corner all night long. And what I've realized from hanging out with these guys, and you might go back to wherever they were staying, their crash spot or whatever, they had nothing. Yeah. They had nothing. There was no, oh, well, I'm going to go home and play video games and order some Chinese food. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's not an option for them. So I've also always wanted to keep a bit of savagery because that's what gives you that edge. Yeah. The minute that you don't have that, you can't you can't win out here because there's the people like you have to you have to be hungry you know what i mean it's the only way the minute you get comfortable you might as well just hang it up see that's what i was making a point in the very beginning when i was talking about um you know new comics old comics people that have put in the hours people that you know come by that get the fast pass at the end of the day people like you can live on nothing and you know you can. Yeah. These other people will burn out. That's what it is. You're not going to out-heart me. God damn it. Yeah. You may out-fucking yeah. out push, push-ups, push sit-ups. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, you might get me, but I'm going to keep getting up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm the motherfucking zombie. I can get through it, and I'm harder than you. I promise. <laughs> That's the way I look oh, at it yeah. in most and situations. Oh, yeah. And I intentionally... 
I will intentionally run lean, meaning I will keep my possessions down. I'll keep my overhead down. It's like a weird thing where some people think, oh, well, do you think you don't deserve nice things because of your past or anything? And it's like, no, but I just don't ever want anything or anybody to have leverage over me. You know what I mean? So, like, even right. now, <laughs> I'm very cash and carry kind of guy. I don't finance anything. I don't buy anything that I can't afford. I don't buy anything that I can't walk away from Yes. in a fucking heartbeat. You know what I mean? No, I mean, I love my wife. I love my kids. You know what I mean? And uh, even them, like, you know, she gets a little, like, my daughter wants to be a social media star so bad. You know what I mean? And I, I struggle with it because I, I don't know why. I honestly just don't showcase them because I don't want anybody to ever leverage or use them against me. I don't know what I'm thinking, whether I'm going to be in some Leslie Nielsen situation one day where someone's holding my kids for mm -hmm. ransom. Go tell the jokes. Like, I, I don't know what I'm thinking is going to happen, but I just keep myself, you know, in that position. It's probably the best plan. It's it's crazy how this this new wave of social stuff can really, man, <laughs> it's almost like a lottery, dude. Only that your chances are better. Say something racist or kick a dog. You know what I'm saying? You want to be famous. <laughs> it can happen yeah, real fucking but easy. See, <laughs> the thing that I've noticed though with the uh, the the famous thing, and I uh, you it sounds like you're a hip hop advocate. Uh, I like old hip -hop. hip hop. I like old hip hop. Uh, I don't do a lot of the old new hip -hop? stuff. Yeah. Okay. Are you a Pusha T fan at all? Uh, Pusha T. Hang on. Is he the dude that dissed Drake? Yeah. Uh, I heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like a good beef. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in the beef, the the diss track well, I era. Mean, you know what I'm saying? I love that shit. It makes me happy. I don't want them to kill each right. other, but I do want them to talk shit about each other's mamas and girlfriends and babies' mamas and stuff. <laughs> and one of the biggest things that he focuses on in his music is exposing rappers for the fact that the biggest rappers are broke. The biggest rappers are all corporate slaves to somebody else. You know what I mean? And I, I listen to a lot of that kind of stuff uh, and, and pe uh, apply that to like my business. The guys who have, you know, some agency's arm around their shoulder and they're showcasing every, you know, every television show, anything that they can be on their own. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, you didn't get that. The people got it. Right. And, you know, there's a the, the, and when you're in entertainment, there's a bunch of people who realize how much money there is in entertainment. Everybody knows how much money there is other than the creators. The creators have no fucking idea how much money is out there being made. You know what I mean? And you're just trying to get a piece and you can't figure that out and create at the same time. There's usually somebody else that puts their arm around you and they give you a little piece of, you know, more than what you had. Meanwhile, they're collecting everything. Like I just did um, for Laugh Mob Laugh Tracks, which, you know, shameless plug, September 13th, every Thursdays at 11 p.m., uh, True TV, so that'll be airing there. But when we st when we were filming that, it was good to be in the uh, presence of other comics that you know are big. You know they're big and they're on this platform, so people are going to watch. However, when you're in the green room and you see how many different envelopes they have to hand over, uh, this one's for my lawyer, and this one's for my uh, entertainment manager, and this one's for my agency, and this one's for my comedy manager. Every envelope to me might as well just be it's just money going out of your pocket because that's somebody that has 10 percent, 20 percent stake in your check. 
I made it here without a manager, an agent, or anything. So all of the money that I'm making is mine. So the reality is a bigger comic than me walked away from the same platform in a worse position. They made less money than I did. You understand what I'm saying? No, it's at the end of the day, do you want to be Amy Schumer or do you want to be Doug Stanhope? Exactly, exactly. Because you can be either if you set your mind to it. It's just one's going to take a little longer. <laughs> and you're going well, to have to Well, I mean, but see, there's also that thing shit. where when you, ha- when you have a stigma attached to you uh, and people assume that you have money, they don't know. So, you know, when you, when you go out to dinner with your family, oh, I just saw you on TV. Oh, my God, I'm so happy to be your waiter. Yeah. And they're expecting that, you know, 150% tip because they saw you on TV, but they don't know, like, oh, oh I'm actually broke. And then you leave them oh, ten bucks, and they, they go on Twitter yeah. and blast. Dave Temple's a fucking asshole. He left me ten dollars yeah. on his twenty-five dollar exactly. meal. <laughs> like fuck <Right>. you, man. <laughs> Just trying to get a fucking chili dog. Why you gotta? Come on. So exactly. I don't eat out. I eat everything. Or you know, if at you're home. traveling and your <laughs> flight that. arrangements get messed up, and now you gotta buy a new plane ticket or book a new hotel room, and everybody's looking at you like, "Come on, man, you got it." And it's like, no, no, I, I don't. You know what I mean? Like just a. Shit. That's a rough position to be in, man. I can't even imagine that. I've never been on a plane. So that's buying a ticket to go somewhere and then having to deal with people. If you, they fuck, cause the airport fucks your shit up a lot. I've heard. <laughs> so it's yeah. like now you're a notable person causing a fucking scene in an airport. And then that's on you. Like now you're the guy that yells at people at the airport. <laughs> exactly. And people remember that shit forever like a celebrity being a dick to you oh it's more trying people will talk about that more than they will what their own parents did to them with alcoholism <laughs> or beatings or anything like that this shit sticks <laughs> I just in a guy who, sticks in your crown a guy man. who told me oh i met chris rock seven years ago what an asshole and i was like oh okay uh well what happened you know what i mean and he just said nah i mean i said hello to him and he just really didn't speak back and i said all right well let me let me help chris out a little bit chris is kind of an awkward person as are most comics so you're a stranger one you know what i mean a stranger a complete talking to stranger you. like i don't yeah. never seen you before in my life <laughs> he doesn't owe you anything that's one but now let me help you out you are holding on to a 30-second interaction with a famous person from seven years ago. Yeah. And that's not that bad. But you made it a point to bring that up when you found out I was a comedian. Do you realize how fucked up that is? I said, somebody probably cut you off on the way over here, put their hand out of the window, and gave you the finger. And you were over that 30 seconds later. But Chris Rock doesn't acknowledge you the way you want to be acknowledged seven years ago, and you repeat that to every fucking body. It's like, would you rather be famous or be rich? And I'll be honest with you, I'm curious about fame. I'm curious about being rich. Uh, and I don't think I want either one of them, to be honest with you. But I'll go just to test it out. Just the same way I went the other way and spiraled myself downward just to experience that. I'll push it and go as high as I can just to experience that for a little while also. So. Well, see, they're just like well, the way we started to bring it full circle. Sometimes you got to try being gay before you know you're gay. Sometimes you got to try being <laughs> poor before you know you're poor. And sometimes you got to try being rich before you know you want to be rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try That's shit right, out, man. A little bit. <laughs> oh, shit. 
Well, dude, it's been a, a pleasure getting to speak with you this morning. I'm so glad that you came. I will say this. Comics seem to want to to promote themselves, at least to to come on and, and set a time and show up. And that's one reason why I do enjoy it. Like, you motherfuckers will, will answer the call. And I appreciate your enthusiasm and coming to speak with me this morning, Dave. It's been a pleasure. No problem, man. Um, Thanks for having me. Do me a favor. Get your plugs out. Tell everybody dates you've got, anything you got going on. I mean, I don't have a huge audience, but a few people are going to hear it. So, you know, give a shout out. I know, a, I know a they, couple they, of Philly comics, I feel comics like your too. people, I feel like your people are better than any other people, especially if they meet me on this platform <laughs> and they have a better, better understanding. They go, nah, nah, nah. He's been talking like that since 2018. I know that guy. Yeah. Um, DaveTempleComedy.com is the website. All right. Even though the Wi-Fi is not that good out there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can check out all my live show dates. Uh, so I actually am headed down to Atlantic City right now to do the Borgata for the next uh, week. Um, Apollo Theater, I know, is another big one on my calendar for December 13th in New York. Uh, as I said, September 13th, starting September 13th, every Thursday night at 11 o'clock. You can catch me on True TV on Laugh Tracks, Laugh Mob, Mob Laugh Mob, Laugh Track. That's where we uh, do comedy. And someone reenacts the stories that we're telling on stage. It's dope. It's funny. Check it out. DVR. Uh, and I'm actually in talks right now uh, about working on a new show for Viceland. Hopefully that'll be out in 2019. So keep an eye out. Uh, I'm Dave Temple across all social media platforms where it really matters, people. And that's about it, man. Wonderful. Well, Dave, I hope you have a great Sunday. Go out and get some sunshine on your face and have a little fun. Oh, it's raining here. <laughs> well... I guess don't do that. Get an umbrella and go flip somebody the bird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dave Temple. Man, what a nice guy. Dude has lived some life. I appreciate that. That's my favorite kind of people. It amazes me what people can get through as children, as adults. We're very adaptable. We can deal with shit. Sounds like the baby's up, too. Yay! So now we get to go have some motherfucking breakfast. And that's going to be wonderful. So, per usual... Uh, please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your friends, mama about the show. You can get us on Twitter at PoBoyPod at JodyB501. Um, shout out to the sponsors. What up? www.wehavemerch.com. Uh, PoBoy's podcast. You can find all of our swag. Swag. Swag, sir. Uh, t-shirts I think there's hats aprons uh, dog tags some fun shit go check it out also if you enjoy fucking try our other sponsor Spunk Lube high quality blend a synthetic uh, mixture it looks kind of like jizz so that makes it fun you can fling it on people get them real pissed off at you so go there try it out it's wonderful Get some slippery on your dick. Be sure to like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your friend's mama about the show, and get some more motherfuckers over here, man. Appreciate it. I appreciate y'all listening. You have a wonderful week. You can follow us on Twitter at PoBoyPod, at JodyB501. And as always, I'll see your punk ass next week, motherfucker. Shades on. Uh, I live it up like these all my last days. 
If time is money, I'm an hour past pay. Oh, gunpowder in my hourglass. Niggas faker than some flour in the powder bag. Yeah, I put it down like my hands hurting. I'm on a natural high, but I land perfect. Some of us are lovers, most of y'all haters. But I put up a wall, and they just wallpaper. So lover hate me. They hate free. They say we learn from mistakes. Why that's why they mistake me. I got some weight on my shoulders. To me, it's like feathers. All hell easy. Call it bad weather. I stick to the script. I memorize the lines. Cause life is the most ain't too many times. You're on the outside looking in. Close the blinds. And they say never, say never. But fucking never mind. I've been gone too long. True or false, right or wrong. <laughs> Welcome home. Yeah, and I'm a blunt blowing, polo draw showing. I don't give a lovely motherfucker ass nigga with my money growing. No matter where you going, you don't need a bus pass. You need to bust your ass nigga. I'm a blunt blowing, polo draw showing. I, I don't give a lovely motherfucker ass nigga with my money blowing. No matter how I got going, you don't need a bus pass. You need to bust your Between two dots, young money's eating, the label getting fatter, and yeah, the table's turned, but I'm still sitting at them, I'm a bad motherfucker, could the good die young, everybody selling dreams, I'm too cheap to buy one, man, when that cookie crumble, everybody wanna crumb, shoot that hummingbird down, hummingbird don't hum, yeah, big money, big money, deep pockets, money talks, and motherfuckers eavesdrop. Bunch of bloods, you could call it blood clotting. Eastside, my problem gamble. I'm a blunt blowing, polo draw showing. I don't give a lovely motherfucker ass nigga with my teeth glowing. I'm on my deep and you need a bus pass for me to bust your ass nigga. I'm a blunt blowing, polo draw showing. I, I don't give a lovely motherfucker ass nigga with my money blowing. No matter where you going, you don't need a bus pass for me to bust your ass. Okay. Like the Ashton Kusher, I'm a limit pusher. See y'all dead me, and me I'm just a butcher. I do it for the money, man I am such a hooker. And freedom was my girl, until they fucking took her. You can look into the future, it's right behind your eyelids. But I don't wanna know, cause shit I like surprises. Why that, why this, why you on that why shit? Motherfucker ask me why I say why am Beach bum Call me Ocean Drive Slim Drop the top Look up and make the sky green Young Moolah Skinnies and some Supras Belly of the beast Till it puke us Motherfucker Blunt blowing Polo draw showing I don't give a lovely motherfucker Ass nigga with my teeth glowing I'm on my deep bowing. Me to bust your ass 
just passing me to bust your ass. Nigga, I've been gone too long. True or false, right around. Yeah, I've been gone too long. True or false, right around. Said I've been gone too long. True or false, right around. Hello, easy, welcome home. Young boy.